Well, welcome back to the next phase with Steve Key podcast. Over my career, you know, I've really had a chance to meet some wonderful people. Today, I have one of those people on, and that's John Daw. He's known for his work on TV, uh, Global, CBC, and he has just written a book. And it's, hey, didn't you used to be John Daw? True stories from one of Canada's nicest broadcasters. Now, reading this book was fascinating for me uh, because a lot of things I didn't know. He got his start in communications and PR with the, uh, the British Overseas Airways Corporation, BOAC, and then through some good luck, found his way to television. Now, John, I remember you fondly from the Global News at Noon with Mike Anscombe and the, and the late, great Bob McAdory. Uh, today, you're happily retired, spending time playing tennis and bridge and, and having fun. Uh, so welcome to the show, John. Thank you very much, Steve. It's really uh, kind of you to have me on. Well, John, this book, and, and I said to you before we started recording, it was fascinating, the details. The details that you had the people, the circumstances, you lived in a really interesting life. You talk a lot early in the book about Montreal and, and London, where you traveled to in the 60s. Do you, do you ever get back to those places? Well, I haven't been back to London for some time. In fact, we've, I, I guess we, I lived there for six months and, and uh, I used to travel there almost monthly uh, when I was with the airline. But it got to the point where I needed to expand my, my, my uh, understanding of the world. And I did a lot more world travel rather than keep going back to the same. Besides which, most of my friends had left uh, London or had passed on. And it just really didn't hold the same kind of allure to me. You, um, you moved to TV after this successful PR career you were at Global. Um, a lot of people recognized you from that. Tell me a little bit about the impact of the news at noon, what it, what it meant. Well, it's one of the great, and I think extraordinary stories in Canadian broadcasting that's really never been told. And uh, we, they, it, it, it really started in 1980. And if you have to, you have to think about the environment in Canada in 1980. We had just gone through the, the uh, energy crisis. Uh, the price of gold had, had peaked at that, uh, uh, what we thought at the time was a, an unbelievable amount. Interest rates would suddenly go skyrocketing. Uh, we had uh, rising unemployment and so on. Well, somebody at Global News decided to reformat uh, a uh, a noon hour program into a more magazine format. And they brought in um, some heavy hitters to do that. One of them was Gord Martineau, who was hired away from, from City TV. And the other was um, Susan um, Morrison, who uh, uh, was from, uh, uh, actually Suzanne Perry, her name is, but she married Keith Morrison. And uh, she was the prime minister's uh, press attache, and uh, hadn't had that much experience, but they reformatted two of our, our most important programs around these people, and then all of a sudden, things 
went uh, uh, awry, if you will. And Gord left and I was asked to come on as a temporary sub substitute for Gord Martineau uh, to anchor this program. I had done some anchoring on top of my business reporting. And then Mike was asked to come on and, and, and uh, Bob McAdory had already been on the program as a regular. Well, something happened. I mean, the three of us just created this extraordinary hour of, of, of hard news, interviews, some entertainment and chat. And uh, the producer was smart enough to realize that we had three very different characters and they, and they encouraged us to talk whatever was on our mind. So we, we had this, this, this program that caught the imagination of the viewer. The viewer felt that this was something, this was their program. We were their buddies. They knew that they were not going to be um, misled. They were not going to be, you know, uh, lied to. They weren't going to be uh, exposed to anything that was totally alarming and so on. It was just a good magazine format that had never been done before. And at a time when the number of people looking to have something of this ilk at that time of day, Steve, there were so many people, but it wasn't being catered to by any station. We did it. And at our peak, we were well over 300,000 um, viewers just in Ontario, and to put that into perspective, when one of our competitors, i.e. the CBC, created a national program at noon, they were getting only in the neighborhood of 200,000 nationally. Mm. So we, we created this extraordinary situation, and um, uh, I, I was so sad that when it, it suddenly disappeared for, for reasons which I try to explain in my book. Nonsense, actually, but it happened. Yeah, it 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 happens. You know, people come in and and new brushes seem to want to wipe. Exactly, they almost want to make it their own. I I just felt that it was a show with three people with distinct characters, but a chemistry of bringing the three of you together. Mm -hmm. and that's what what made it strong, and it was certainly something that that I watched as I started my career when. When I first met you, uh, you were doing business at Global. I was at the TSX. Uh, and you say in the book that you felt that business maybe wasn't taken as seriously in the 80s and the 90s. What do you see it as a vehicle for news today? Because it's certainly come a long way. Oh, it has. Remember, a lot of people don't realize this, but Global is the first television station in North America, we think, that that had business built into its format in, uh, for, for its evening news. And, and this is really important to understand because it, it all of a sudden, uh, Global was uh, covering an area that was of extreme importance to a lot of people, given the, the rising interest rates that I mentioned and, and, and the unemployment and so on. The economy became really paramount in people's understanding. So um, we, we carried on with some terrific programming in, in business and in fact, gave people something that they were lacking. 
And it, it wasn't very long before 1989 came along and guess what happened? CNBC was created. Yeah. And that was a, an entire cable network devoted to business reporting. And then they were followed by CN going uh, heavily, uh, CNN going heavily into business and the rest is history. But we, we did two things. We, we tried to explain the importance of the economy on, on, on the average guy. Um, what it meant to your pension to have a good stock market, for instance, um, and uh, interest rates that were somewhat controlled by by government intervention. This is these things were really important to to understand and and to impart to to the general public. And I think we did a terrific job on that. And uh, I I know that in the times that. I couldn't do business reporting, although I did it most of my 15 years at Global and most of my years at the CBC. Um, other people that did uh, take over did a terrific job. And I think we we really served our, our audience well. Yeah, you know, it was, it was through business. And, you know, I'll talk a little bit about sort of a mutual colleague and, and friend of mine. The, and sadly, he passed was Freddie Ketchin. Uh, what do you remember about Fred? Because he was one of those guys who could bring the story down to the consumer level. Yes, he did. He did that. He, he certainly uh, put into language we could all understand, layman's terms, what was happening in the market that day. I can't remember specifically who it was that found Fred, but I do know that when he came on the program for the first time with me, we established an immediate rapport and the ability to impart information that was really interesting for the viewer. And Fred took us through some of the top stories of the day and uh, never, never got into speculation, ne never, you, you never, any of uh, or promotion. It was none of that. It was just straight reporting of the day's activities and done in a, in a very uh, nice way, if you will. Well, I want to I want to think that my part at the exchange was one of the things that helped introduce Fred to a lot of these places. Uh, he was chair, vice chair, and chair of the exchange for a number of, of years. Yes, I remember you would send camera crews down to the exchange, and Fred would stand up there in the corner and and and, and do the reports back. Uh, he, he was such an icon of business and uh, clearly someone I, I miss uh, because I used to keep in touch with him from time to time, not so much in recent years, but uh, just certainly a wonderful guy and a great proponent of our markets. He was, and, and you couldn't ask for a better person to represent Bay Street than Fred. He always wore the three-piece suit. He always looked dapper. He was always such a, such a genuinely yeah, yeah, a genuine person interested in you and and your situation. And he used to, from time to time, bring out the old McLeod tartan that yes. the, on the floor would wear, and it was a great visual for television. Um, I have a, a story you might not remember. I always think of this when I when I think of John Daw, but he used to come down to the exchange from time to time, and the traders were um, guys who liked to play pranks, and you were getting ready to do a, a stand up on the floor and uh 
some reason you had to go to the restroom. <laughs> I know. Okay. So, so John is in front of post nine, which is our busiest post. And one of the traders points him to the restroom and the sign had been taken off the restroom. And John goes in there and freshens up and comes back out to see the women's sign put back up. John had been inadvertently directed to the women's washroom. And, uh, and that, that got a big laugh out of everybody. And you, you took it well, I have to admit. <laughs> I loved it. And it is something I, I do remember very vividly. Yeah. Those were a bunch of characters. Oh, those, they uh, would. Those I, I still keep in touch with quite a few of them uh, and uh, for, you know, different groups on Facebook and that. And they're the same as they, they always were. We we're all just getting older, but uh, the memories are are wonderful and even one of the guys, Mark Grimes, is a Toronto councillor, and uh, uh, a lot of them have gone on to very successful even after the close of the trading floor. Um, yeah, it's so different now with everything being done digitally. It's uh, yeah on the net. It's really something. But even what we did as a career in the media has changed. Do you watch news today, and what do you, what do you think about the way it's done today? Well, to be really blunt, I'm not very happy. I don't watch as much Canadian news, national Canadian news as I would like. I have, um, I've, I've tried them all and I've gone back, interestingly, to global. I think it's the most solid package and that's not a subjective uh, uh, decision. This, I, I'm, I'm looking at it very analytically and I think global is doing the best job personally. But um, as you know, Back in the 80s, I don't think he coined the phrase, but Peter Truman wrote a book called Smoke and Mirrors. And he talked about the advent of infotainment. And it's when entertainment began to take over the news. There's a number of reasons for that. And I, I don't think we have the time to go into all of them. But um, it had to do with the, the kind of pressure that these um, uh, of, of competition, that these the regular uh, channels, the networks were coming under with the advent of cable television. And when you've got that kind of competition, your, your revenues tend to erode. So in order to maintain revenues, you go to sources that are the, the, uh, the biggest spenders of advertising dollars. And among those if, uh, are the entertainment companies, the movie companies. And all of a sudden, that the, the the that concept of of entertainment coverage became paramount in the news, and I'll never forget the day, Steve, that I was I was um, I was anchoring First News, and we had about twenty seconds to fill, and I was handed something uh, off from the producer to read to fill that twenty seconds, and it was it was a uh, a brief about the death of, of some, somebody I'd never heard of, and I'm well versed in, in what's going on in the world. I'd never heard of this person. And I, I, I read it and I was really disappointed. And during the commercial break, I, I berated the producer. I said, why, why were we doing that? And they said, oh, well, it was a, that we, we don't know whether the death was from a, a drug abuse or not. And I thought, my goodness, what, what is that? And that's what it was coming to. This was a very young producer. And this is the, the, what was happening in, in our field. 
and, and you see it overtaking most newscasts today. I mean, even great programs like 60 Minutes and, and W5 spend, I think, far too much time on entertainment stories. Uh, they claim it's what the public wants. I claim it's just cheap, cheerful um, a production that uh, they can get away with. How do you, you watch some of the TV, you know, one of the things that, that bothers me is I speak a lot at schools to um, journalism and PR students, and I ask them, what do you read? What newspapers do you read? And nary a hand goes up. You know, we have a this social media world where people are getting their information on tweets or God forbid they're, they're getting it on Facebook. Social media has been great. And, and you mentioned how it's allowed you to keep connected with a lot of old friends and colleagues, but from a news perspective, it's, it's a, it's a concern to all of us. Uh, oh, I think it should be great. too. It yeah. should be too, Steve. I mean, you, you, it's hard to believe everything you read on the, on the net. If you don't, have enough sense to do your own research and you start quoting what you're reading on the net, you could be in big trouble. We know what the, the uh, some foreign country, uh, some foreign countries are doing to our, 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 um, our, uh, the, what do you, uh, well, the algorithm, platforms, our platforms, you know, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they're abusing them and, and with information that is totally false. And people are quoting this and the, the conspiracy theories that arise from this are just extraordinary. I mean, we've got to be really, really careful quoting the, 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 this kind of, of media, social media. However, um, when you think about uh, uh, Wikipedia, for instance, I use Wikipedia a lot, not as my only source, but as a source to get me going. And... Um, I think it's, it's, it's important to do that, to do your homework. And I don't think a lot of people are doing that. Everybody wants that five or 10 second sound bite. You remember back in the old days when they used to do an interview, even with streeters, you'd give somebody 15 or 20 seconds to explain their opinion that you're, uh, which you've been asked. Well, now they, they use two seconds or three seconds. It's stupid, frankly. It is stupid. Today, you know, we, we, we talked about you're going to play bridge, you're going to play tennis, you have a passion for art. I see art in, in your, your background. You have so many friends. What's, what's next for John Da? Do you just continue to en enjoy the life and look back and say, hey, this has been wonderful? I don't look back all that often. I had to look back a lot in writing the book, and it it uh, it uh, it brought to mind what a wonderful life I've had and and how lucky I've been. Um, no, I I don't stop. I mean, I enjoy one of the things I enjoy about social media is is meeting people um, from all walks of life from all over the world. My wife gets a little upset with me sometimes when I stay in communication with, with people um, like pen pals. But um, I find that th that aspect keeps me, keeps me young and keeps me thinking beyond my own little world. I've, uh, I've stopped collecting art. 
I, I haven't traveled uh, as much as I used to travel. Uh, my health is terrific, so I've, I'm or good, so I'm not worried about um, that aspect of, of travel. But uh, I, I think what I'm what I'm trying to do is consolidate basically what I've achieved in life. Uh, I haven't made a lot of money. Uh, I'm not a big spender, but I, uh, I, what I have, I enjoy very much, particularly my friends. That's the most important. And I think that's a good place to wrap up. Thank you, uh, John. Your book is available on Amazon. I'll put a link in the description. I thank you uh, for your time. It's wonderful uh, catching up and chatting with you again. Thank you very much. Well, that's a wrap on the next phase with Steve Key podcast. I'm always looking for interesting stories. Uh, so please drop me a line. My contact is in the description. Until we speak again, have a wonderful day.